And now tonight we're going to talk about um, hearing the Holy Spirit. So I've got um, an important, important, amazing guest with me tonight. I got Jordan Wells with me, a prophet of the Lord, a man of God. And um, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a second. But I just want to say I love here's the thing. I'm going to always have people of different, you know, um, different standpoints, different uh, perspectives, different hearts and passions. But sometimes it's good to have somebody that, you know, just like directly aligns with you. Like I know like your heart is for prayer. My heart is for prayer. Your, your heart is for revival. My heart is for revival. Like we, like we just have the same heart, man. So I'm excited to see where this goes tonight, but go ahead, man. Introduce yourself to the people. Say what's up. Let them know whatever you want to, whatever you want to know, uh, want them to know about you. Uh, yeah, well, I've been in, um, I've been in the ministry for about 11 years. Uh, I got the ministry, um, you know, um, out of, came out of, uh, drugs, alcohol, you know, you know, whatever you want to name it, I, I did it before I got saved, had a radical encounter with the Lord, um, um, had a near-death experience, and uh, 18, got saved, radically saved, and uh, really just, you know, went on, went crazy for Jesus. I didn't know about the prophetic or anything like that. I mean, all I knew was Bible prophecy. I didn't know anything. I didn't know prophets <laughs> were for the day. I didn't know any of that stuff because I went to a Baptist Bible college that I went to. I was kind of Baptocostal. Come on. <laughs> Is but I also had baptized the Holy Spirit, so I was in a religious church. I don't know what I was. People used to call me a prophet, but I didn't know what a prophet was. I would go to grocery stores and be like, "That's a that's you're the prophet online," you know. I didn't know what that was. I'm like, "What is the prophet?" You know, and um, it just for a long time. So I didn't get really, and then I but I always was prophetic. You know, I always you know I would know things about the future. I didn't know how I knew they were, and then. You know, so I began to just serve the Lord in ministry for about five years and I uh, got into uh, really deep into the uh, revival. Uh, uh, God began to speak about revival five years ago. Um, and then we dedicated my, my ministry is called the Joel Two generation. Um, uh, out of the book of Joel about uh, prayer and revival and how the connection between the two. I, and so I've really given my life to the ministry of prayer uh, intercession and specifically I spend most of my time in ministry interceding for the nations. Uh, I believe that's the backbone of every prophet, every prophetic ministry is called to do that. And so I just, you know, that's my heart. That's what I beat for. You know, we, I do a lot in politics. I do, um, I, I definitely have that anointing. I do a lot of uh, churches, uh, bringing the word of the Lord, mostly prophetic prophesying over leaders, giving the word of the Lord uh, concerning the city that they're in. But my real heart, it'd be more than any platform is, is uh, really just prayer and intimacy, spending time with God and, and, and raising up an army of, of people that will do the same, that will intercede and that will uh, minister to the Lord. So that's kind of that's kind of my heart. Yeah. And man, like I like down to the T, bro, I just feel like we have the same heart. We have the same passion, man. So if I were to say anything, I would say the same thing about myself, bro. So I'm excited, man. I know that you like you said, you come with you come with the word of the Lord. You come with knowledge. You come with wisdom. Um, so we're talking about hearing the Holy Spirit tonight, man. Uh, what's on your heart? What, what, is, what does that mean to you? Let me, yeah, let's start there. When I say hearing the Holy Spirit, what does that mean to you? Well, um, I hear, when I hear hearing the Holy Spirit, I hear surrender. Uh, because many people, when I first started to, like, it's weird because I'm so grateful that, you know, you go on my ministry page, I have trusted leaders that say how accurate I am. I mean, I've prophesied over some, you know, some great people. 
And I've never cared, never wanted that. Like I never asked for those things. All I ever wanted was Jesus. Come That's on. all I ever presence. Um, I never sought to be accurate in the prophetic. I never was like, God, I want to be accurate. You know, I want to prophesy national events and, and see them happen. You know, that never was my heart. Even though I thank God for him that he speaks to me about the nation, tells me what things are going to happen and he releases them. And I, I, and, but I never asked for that. And I say all that, you know, I, I really just wanted to be surrendered to the Lord. And um, I've always did. I've, I've made some mistakes. I've made mistakes. And that's part of the prophetic. That's part of hearing the voice of God. Yep. You know, you make mistakes, but he's so patient with us. And I've made enough for a lifetime. But out of that, each mistake taught me to go deeper and surrender. And so really, the uh, when I hear that term, hearing the voice of the spirit, what really speaks out in my mind is surrendering to the spirit. Because everything, for instance, one of the things God taught me when I first got into prophetic ministry was he would speak to me about things that I couldn't release to people. Um, he would tell me, don't say this, say this. Uh, or he would show me this and I couldn't release. It was all about my obedience and my mm -hmm. surrender. So really hearing the voice of God is not so much. A lot of people make it harder than it is. Uh, they, they, they make they make it so complex. And so just go after God, you know, as you surrender everything you are to the Lord, into the Holy Spirit, it becomes easy. It becomes natural to your God because we all are wired to your God. Like literally, yeah. you know, it's like, you, you know how you have a child and they know your voice. You know, that's why the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. When you are his, you hear God's voice out of sonship. You're his father, he's your father. So you are wired when you are born again of the spirit. Mm -hmm. You, your spirit and the Holy Spirit become one. They be literally like pouring two separate cups of Kool-Aid in the same drink. You literally become, you become like this with the Holy Spirit. So when you're activated, you instantly become prophetic. Every, every believer instantly becomes ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, what makes me different and makes you different from others is that you have to be surrendered to the Spirit. Because he, can speak, he speaks to us all day long. Most people just don't listen. Yeah. And so that's really what we have to be uh, attentive to his motions, his movements, uh, not grieving him, just knowing the ways of the spirit. And, and that comes through surrender. So, you know, and I hear that term, hearing the voice of the spirit. I just hear a life that has been surrendered. Most of the people that I know that move in the prophetic real strong or move in any of the gifts of the spirit real strong or, or doing any great things for the Lord for that minute in the Holy Spirit. You know, and I've met a lot of the greats, you know. They are surrendered. They 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 are surrendered to the voice of God. They they, they he know because this is this is um, this is powerful. Wow, this is powerful. God hearing the voice of God is about can he trust you? Yes. The yeah. deep secret. I love one of my favorite verses. Says the secrets are to those that fear him, mm. and basically his mysteries to those that fear him. Why did he uh, tell Abraham his secrets? Because yeah. Abraham was a friend of God. So really. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is more about being friend a friend of God than anything. Because the more you touch his heart, the more he'll touch yours. Come on. The more you minister to him, the more he speaks back to you. Because when you hear him, you're hearing from a higher place. You're hearing from the dimension of heaven. You're not even in this earthly realm when you begin to hear. You know, and so hearing from the hearing from the Holy Spirit is everything. You know, his voice is precious. His voice is everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's God speaking to us. I mean. What else is there? I mean, I mean, what else is there to live? I mean, we have a God that speaks. I mean, what I mean, 
you know, all the other religions out here. I mean, I've studied them in Bible college, you know, all the religions, they have a God that literally, you know, they don't believe their God speaks to them. They don't believe that God, they believe God, they, they worship a God or idol that cannot speak, or they worship thousands of gods and they don't even know who to really worship and their gods don't speak back to them. We have a God that speaks, that's alive, that speaks to us, that gives us dreams, that gives us visions, that, that encounters us in the night. He loves us so much, he doesn't even want to give us sleep. Come on. Isn't that crazy? He, he, he's so fond of us that we get eight hours of sleep. He said, I'm going to interrupt your dreams because I, I was with you all day, but I want to be with you some more in the nighttime. That's the love. And so when you realize that, that that's the, the Holy Spirit, that's the person of the Holy Spirit doing that. He gives us dreams. It says in Joel 2, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, son and daughter shall prophesy. So the Holy Spirit is a prophetic spirit, and he gives us dreams. He loves us deeply, too. So... Come yeah, <laughs> man, you snapping already, bro. <laughs> you snapping already, man. That, that was a that was an earful, bro. I don't even know what to really respond, but I'll say so. I'll say this, man. Out of out of the ones that think all the great things you said, I think one of the most important things that we have to understand is Holy Spirit is always talking, and He wants us to hear what He has to say. You know, like yeah, there's that. There's definitely that place of like, can He trust you? And this isn't one of those things where he's like looking down at you, like you better get your 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 act together or else you like he's not doing. He's inviting us. He's inviting us into this inner intimacy to where we can hear what he's saying and release what he's saying. You know, um, John, I think, chapter 16, when it talks about the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth and he'll only say what he hears. Holy Spirit is saying what Jesus is saying so that we'll say what Holy Spirit is saying is this chain reaction of communication that we get to be a part of with the Godhead. Like, that's crazy right there. The fact that, listen, they already talk amongst themselves and then they're saying, hey, I want you in the conversation too. I want you to, I want you to hear this as well. There's some, I need you to hear this so that you receive it and understand it because it's not just for you. I want others to hear it as well. This is why I always tell people intercession. I know we're not talking about prayer intercession. We're going to get to that another day, but this is why <laughs> intercession is more than just praying and sweating and saying a bunch of stuff that you think God like is impressed with like intercession isn't about being impressive it's about hearing what he he what he's saying and releasing it back into the earth and coming into agreement with it it's coming into agreement with what he's saying and what he wants to do and that's what God wants to do through all of us each and every day it's not yes he does he uses prophetic people he uses the prophets but this isn't something that's just for the prophets it's for everybody it is our it is our inheritance his voice is our inheritance. So, man, I love what you're saying, bro. Whatever's on your heart, just keep going. Yeah, man, uh, it's, it's, it's our inheritance. And, you know, uh, the believer is, is, is God. I, I love one of my favorite verses is, is in the, is in Moses, when Moses, you know, he was, uh, he was tired because they were coming to him. He was a prophet. They were coming to him to get direction about every area of their lives. And I feel like in the prophetic, I've experienced that where, yeah. you know, people see that you're accurate and they all want a word. You know, they always, you know, want, you know, it's like you become a jukebox. You know, what is God saying? What, you know, what, you know, and it's, it is great to want prophecy. You know, I love the prophetic. You know, I've, even when I've been wrong or when I've seen the prophetic mishandled, I've never given up on that because I know that that's even when I've run away from the prophetic ministry, I is a part of who I am. So I love the prophetic ministry, but there's nothing more valuable than going to God for yourself. 
And uh, Moses said that uh, I wish that all God's people were prophets and that the spirit of the Lord was, in, was upon them. And he was not saying that he wanted everybody to be a prophet. He was saying that I wish that all of you could have that same mm. access that God's prophets do. And so some people want to put you on a pedestal as a prophet or a prophetic voice or a person that hears God, very, the Holy Spirit very well. But listen, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had is the mm. same Holy Spirit that you have. You know, we don't have a little Holy Spirit. You know, it's not like a miniature Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. And if we had a revelation of that Holy Spirit on being on the inside of us, that we really we become residents of the Holy Holy Spirit. Um, I love what Dave, a friend of mine, David Hernandez, says. He says that I am not looking for an atmosphere. I am an atmosphere. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit is upon you. You know, he, he comes in us, but he rests upon us. Mm -hmm. I, one of my favorite books by Bill Johnson, uh, one of my favorite heroes, of course, Bill Johnson, he wrote a book called uh, The Resting Place or The Resting Place of the Spirit. It was He wrote a book called Hosting the Presence, one of my yeah. favorite books of all time, Hosting the Presence of God and The Resting Place. And it, and it has a double He said, I, I love this, man. I, I feel the spirit of God while I'm finished. But he said the, the spirit is like a dove. And he said, in the Bible, we know it's represented a dove. He said, if a dove landed on your shoulder, Come on. how would you move with it on your shoulder? How would you live if a dove, like a real dove, was on your shoulder? You had to walk around with it. Now, if you started running and, and, and just acting crazy, the dove would leave, of course. But if you, if you cherished and paid attention to it and walked slowly and walked attentively, then you would know that that dove would not leave. And, and I feel like that's what represents the Holy Spirit upon our lives and in our lives, mm -hmm. is that that represents his voice because with the Holy Spirit comes his voice. And it goes back to what I said. I never tried to be accurate. I just tried to do what I just told you. What I tried to do was become a resting place for God, yes. become a friend of God. That's all I've ever asked God for. God, I want to be closer to you than anybody else has. And I know that sounds crazy, but I want to ask that. You know, I want the type of relationship with God that Enoch had. Yeah. I want to talk really with God that Moses had. These these people were men. We sometimes idolize the people in the Bible and put them on a pedestal. That, that they were men full of the Holy Spirit, like me and you. Elijah was a man. Moses was a man. Noah was a man. They were they were in they were men just like us. But the Spirit empowered them. The Spirit came upon them, and so we can be close to them just like God. Like we can be as close to God. We can walk like Enoch. We can walk like yeah. Abraham. And, uh, and as we do, we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit, because we because proximity, you know, yeah. the closer you get to somebody, the more you know them. And the way to know the voice of the Spirit is to get close to him, speak to him, fellowship. And my people don't realize that because so many people were taught that the Holy Spirit is just an or, mm -hmm. just a, you know, we don't realize that the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, one of my favorite books, you know, uh, Good Morning Holy Spirit. I love that book. And it really blew my mind when I first read it because I came out of a religious church. I came kind of out of a real church where they really didn't teach that the Holy Spirit was a person. So I really didn't have revelation of the Holy Spirit as a person for a long time. And God gave me the revelation. It was mind blowing. It changed my life. And uh, when you get the revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person who can be known and spoke to and fellowship with, it will change your life. Come It'll on. change your life. You know, I was, I was just reading that maybe two days ago, where it talked about Moses saying, I wish all of God's people were prophets that would hear from the Lord. I feel like that's what he's saying today. Like, I wish you all would hear from me. And listen, I believe that because we are so void of a people that know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I, I like to say it like this, man, we got a lot of people profit hopping, 
conference hopping and bishop bouncing, just trying to hear from God, from a man. And God's like, listen, the same, the, the same person you see on the pulpit is, is being used by the same Holy Spirit that's in you at all moments. And man, uh -huh. you know, there's this thing called object permanence when it comes to babies, right? Um, I got a seven month old kid. When I, when my son doesn't see me in his mind, he doesn't know I exist. So, wow. and from the, when he sees me and I'm moving and I'm doing stuff in front of them, then he pays attention. He responds, he talks to me, he reacts. But the moment he doesn't actively see me doing something, then I'm out of sight, out of mind. It's like, I'm not even there. And I believe that we have a lot of people who, who treat the Holy spirit with object permanence. Like he's not real unless I see him doing something crazy in front of me. And the moment mm -hmm. I leave church, the moment I leave the meeting, the prayer session, he's not there anymore. And so we're treating him as if we have God in the tabernacle still where you got to go to this certain place, this certain person, or else you can't hear from them. And God just wants to break that, man. Like, like you said, bro, I mean, you, like I said, you, you're just making a lot of great points tonight, bro. But the, I feel like we just got to tear down this mentality of, hey, I got to go to a certain person to hear from God. The same, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had is the same Holy Spirit that we have. And he, listen, he's still just as powerful. Listen. This is the great thing about Holy Spirit. He doesn't age, right? Like he doesn't get older. Like Holy Spirit, he's outside of time. He's like, he's transcended. Like he, he doesn't change. So he's not at this place where like he's gray haired and he don't got it like he used to have it. Like, no, no. He still has all power, all authority. And he's still moving and speaking in the same way. But I love when you said like, there's no, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no prophet Holy Spirit and lay people holy spirit there's the holy spirit who came yeah. and dwells in every single christian every person the same access I, this is why i tell people all the time man like i've had so many people bro i've been the same same thing oh man of god you got a word for me i'm going through this i told bro i'm, <laughs> I'm not going to put nobody on blast but recently i had somebody reach out to me like oh i'm going through this can you give me a word and i said i went to pray and God told me to stop. And he said, tell them to pray and fast. And I told <laughs> I've reached back out to the person and said, yo, I went to pray for you. And the Holy Spirit stopped me. And he told me to tell you to pray and fast. And they said, <laughs> amen, brother. But do you got a word for me? I'm like, yo, you're missing the point. The same God that can give me the word. Why would he want to say it to me when he can say it to you? Wow. Like God, he'll do that. He'll, of course, he'll use people to confirm a word in you. But I believe this, man, that a lot of times... Um, the prophetic word isn't necessarily to create something in you, it's to confirm something in you. You know, a lot of times where I've received a prophetic word, it's something that's confirmed what God's already spoken to me. Wow. Of course, of course, God still does it the other way where he births something through the prophetic word. You see that all through scripture, that's very accurate. But I believe that there's far too many people that are waiting for somebody to create something in them that God would rather confirm because he already spoke it to you. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, it's a, uh, you know, and a lot of that comes from, you know, there's twofold, you know, the job of a prophet, you know, we, as we talk about that, you know, the job of a prophet with Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit gave five gifts to men. We know that they call it the fivefold ministry. That they're actually the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit as far as the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, but then the, the, the Jesus gave the gifts of the uh, gave five gifts to the church, 
and they are these gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we have the prophet, the apostle. The job of the prophet is to actually equip the body yeah. to hear the God. Come and on. the problem, I have a lot of prophets, especially older school prophets, that I respect a lot of the generals because I have been blessed by their ministry. But some of them did not teach the people. Or even in the culture I came out of, they didn't teach. They, they're so big on the prophet, the word of the Lord of the prophet, that they didn't train up a culture. Yes. Of, but they can hear the voice of God for themselves. You know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to train and equip the people of God to go to God for themselves. Yes. To hear the and that's why so many people are being manipulated by the uh, by in the name of the Holy Spirit. They're being manipulated by false prophets, false prophetic ministry, and things like that. And they're being led on people's Facebook. They're on every prophet's Facebook. They have the Facebook line where they put a little PayPal up to get money <laughs> from the they're prophesying this is your season and da, da, da. you know, I don't need to hear that all the time because I, I go to God myself. But you know, it's a it's a cop out, so we don't have to go and put the work in. I tell people, uh, we, I don't know how we just come on, on here with you. It always goes back to prayer. But, you know, uh, prayer is work, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I can't talk. We can't talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about prayer and hearing yes. the voice of God. They are one. You know, for me, they're not separate. They're 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 interly connected because for me, they have been. You know, I never tried to be, like I told you, be accurate or start prophesying. I literally started prophesying on accident. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I literally was at a team challenge and, you know, I was ministering and yeah, I laid hands on this girl and holy laughter fell on her and she started, you know, got deliverance and I didn't know what was happening. I was scared to death. I was at a back, like, seminary. I was like, what's going on? And then I, I, I laid hands. Next time I came back, it would be worse. I laid hands. I started seeing 3D visions. I started seeing everything that happened in the girl's life. I'm like, what's going mm. on? What is this? I started prophesying all this actor stuff. Deliverance started breaking out. Girl, people started screaming. People, when I, I came out of it, it was almost like I was possessed. Everybody was on the ground. And uh, just playing the spirit everywhere, you know. And um, the Holy Spirit just took over. And it wasn't because there's anything special about me. I just yielded in that moment. That's I it. yielded. To the spirit, I, I you know I love what uh, uh, I love what a, a what a general mind said. I love Catherine Kuhlman. They, they, the people just surrender to the spirit is is very easy. You just surrender to it, and that comes from relationship in that prayer closet, that secret place. You know they go together. As you spend time in that secret place, you begin to learn his voice. He begins to whisper in your ear. He begins to speak destiny into your spirit. He begins to speak to you. He begins to talk to you because. You're being intimate with him. You just think about it. Intimacy in a relationship is that communion. That's where that bedroom, that's where that, it was a man of God that wrote a book on the secret place. And he talked about the different rooms of a house and he related it to intimacy with God. And he talked about the bedroom and that being the deep places of God in the spirit. And a lot of us are, are issues that we came out of religion mm -hmm. and religion is void of intimacy. It has power sometimes. I mean, I, I like how I hear how some people say in the religious church, there's no power. That's not true. I went to a lot of religious churches where there was power. Actually, there was some more power in there than was the revival stream. <laughs> and I know some bishops that can pray and prophesy and cast out devils and the anointing gets real heavy and everything. But what's different is that a lot of it's out of power, but it's not out of intimacy. That's it. So you can have power and not have intimacy. You know, you can have the uh, the power and demonstration. And you're moving into the things of the spirit, but not have that communion with the Lord. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So that was an 
the language that he used, but they were still doing the work of the spirit. They were still seeing miracles, signs, wonders. They were still seeing all that stuff, but it lacked intimacy. So I would tell the people, I'll tell anybody, everybody that's listening right now, make the focus of your life. Ask God to mark you with prayer, with intimacy, with the spirit, and you will hear the voice of God better than I'm telling you. You won't need a 75 e-courses on how to hear the voice of God. But I didn't have an e-course on how to hear the voice of God. I got the train later. I came into the Bishop Bill Hammond books later. God literally trained me in the wilderness through prayer and fasting, going on fast all the time and just spending time in the secret place. So four or five, six, seven, eight hours a day, just spending time with God. And you know what happened? Eventually, I got the language for what I was already moving in. We got people now, though, they're trying to get the language and I'm without moving in it, Come on. but you can't do it. You can't go to a conference and get an anointing. Come on. Come on. And go to, you know, I don't care how many times they lay their hands on you. Impartation is no substitute for the, you know, for the prayer closet. And when probably we have a generation that wants to go, somebody lay their hands on it. I love mm-hmm. what Bill said. I can impart something to you, but I cannot impart my history with God with you. Yeah. So we want to impart their history with God, a great men of God that we look up to. We want them to lay their hands on us and impart their history with God. But history is something that happens in the intimate place. I can impart my anointing. I can give you an anointing. I can release the anointing on you, but I cannot impart my 11 years with God with you. And we get that history with him ourselves. Go make history with God. That's what I tell everybody mm. on this right. Go make history with God. Now, that's not going to do some mighty thing that's not standing on a platform that's not being on television. Forget all the platforms because you can sit on the biggest platforms and not know God. Mm. I know a lot of preachers and a lot of some of them don't know God like we would think they do, but they, they love platforms. But I tell you that God, I'd rather have influence with God. Some people say you're very controversial. Some of the stuff you release. I Because I don't release words for man. I don't release for people. I don't care if they don't like it because I don't care about being on big platforms. I don't care about being hidden with God releasing the little words that he has me and it's impacting uh, the nation. I don't care if you don't, if the person don't like me. I want to be liked in heaven. I want the great cloud of witnesses to approve of my life. I want Jesus to say, well done. And I don't care if man doesn't like it, you know, and that's just how it has to, that's how you have to have a mindset. And that comes from that time. Of it the history part is so important, man. It's so important. And <laughs> I was, I'm in a group chat with some of our staff, right? And some of them went on a missions trip together. I think it was a missions trip. And they said something in the chat. It was the most random sentence. And, I, and this is what I said. They were like, hey, remember the bats in Mexico? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, that's how you know you have history with somebody. When you can say something that just sounds crazy. But it makes wow. sense because you have the history with them. And that's what we're missing. We're missing a people that got, come on, like the Holy Spirit wants to have inside jokes with his people. Holy Jeez. Spirit wants to remind you. We were praying about this last night in the prayer room. Remind you of his faithfulness. Like, man, remember, I just, I love being able to sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, man, remember when I was dealing with this and how you led me through this? Remember how I was dealing with this and Remember how I was, I was, I was just broken down for a year. Holy spirit. You made me play this one song every night and I would cry and you would hold me and you would lead me through it and give me the grace. Like there's no substitution. Like you said, there's no, and I, I think you said, Bill Johnson said, it. I think, I think I heard it from him as well. There's no substitution for history with God. And I believe this man, I believe we have, and I'm a part of this generation. So I'm not pointing the finger. We have a generation of young uh, people that they want the prize, but they don't want the price. 
And it's because they've been prophesied the prize. We love to prophesy the prize, but we need a generation that understands there comes a price as well. Don't prophesy the prize to me without teaching me the price. Because for a long time, I can't listen from the moment I got saved, I can so many words. Oh, God's going to do this in your life. This is I'm just sitting around waiting for it, bro. Like, ha ha. All right, any minute now, then this ministry will get popping. And then it's like, no, that's, that's not how it works. Like, you got you to gotta get so buried deep in your relationship with the Holy Spirit that you don't care if that comes or not. So when it does, you act the same way you would in a secret place. We got too many people that are trying to front on the Holy Spirit. They want to, they treat the Holy Spirit like a side piece. Like, oh, you know, it's all good. I want to show you around, you know, whatever. And then you like you're embarrassed in certain situations because you don't know him like you think you do because he's not number one in your life. Jesus. Yeah, man. Wow. And I, I just wow. believe it, man. I believe that the Lord is saying, stop worrying about all the stuff that, you know, you want from me, all that stuff. At, at the end of the day, is my voice enough? Mm. Is the voice of the Holy Spirit enough for you? Because here's the thing. Like you said, like you were talking about, it's not about being accurate. It's about being obedient. When you are more satisfied hearing his voice than speaking his voice, then you know you've reached a greater level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. I don't care if God tells him never, never say another word again. Because you know how it is when you first start prophesying. Everything you hear, you swear you got to tell the whole world, bro. And God will be all like, right. yo, I didn't tell you to say all that. That was me and you. I didn't tell you to go jump on Facebook, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I believe that, man, when we get to this place of like his voice is enough for me, then you're not worried about running off and, oh, I had a dream last night. Okay, praise the Lord. Like, I think most people do dream every night. It doesn't mean that everything is for sharing. But when you have that intimacy of understanding your voice is all I need, then you won't be looking to say everything he's saying to you to prove that you hear him. I don't know Uh, how I got there. I don't know. on a prophetic rabbit trail. I don't know. But going with the Holy Ghost, let's just literally just flowing. But, man, you know, it's funny you said that because – you know, I stepped into a season uh, where God began to re- release me and uh, God is, had used me to prophesy a lot of things, you know, you know, let different things that have come to pass on a national scale. But it's, it, it's interesting because I always he started showing me stuff like that years ago. Mm. I remember when he first showed me it was in 2012. He showed me, and I wrote an article on it, but he didn't release me to release it. But it was that one day chips would be in cards. Mm. We didn't have the chips in the cards yet. You know, the little chip is in there now. I saw that and prophesied. I knew it in the spirit. And it would be things like that. Oh, about five years, God would show me these national things. I would see them, and I wasn't able to release them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kills us a lot of times. You know, as, as prophetic people, we see stuff. God shows us. And uh, we don't and we don't know. And we, we're like, God, I want to release it. Why are you showing it to me? God wants to know if he can trust you. Um, what do you want to release it for? What is your what is your what is your heart behind it? So that's really what we need to get. I used to even prophesy. For God also wants to get the get us as prophetic people, as people healed when we're releasing his voice. Yeah. Because sometimes we can prophesy out of a wrong spirit. Yep. We can prophesy out of wanting to fulfill a pain, like an orphan type of, I used to do it. Like when I would prophesy, people would be, wow, you know, like, wow, you know what I mean? You know, and I like how it made me accepted by people. 
So I started to prophesy out of this place of like when I was prophesying over people, they I would be more accepted, I would be more liked. Yeah. And, and God had to train me in that too, where where literally God had to crush that in me. He took me through seasons where he said, it's not your time to speak. Don't say nothing. Literally a year where I wouldn't get no preaching engagement. A year where I would feel like my anointed self wouldn't get any preaching engagement. Nobody cared about the, what I was prophesying. And, and I was like, why God? I'd be crying to friends. God that left me. You know, what was going on, God? And, and God was saying, I was trying to kill the ambition. I was trying to kill everything That's in it. you or anything else but me. Because one of my favorite songs Actually, it's one uh, I still love the song. There's nothing else yes. because God wants to get His people to where the cry of our heart in this time is that nothing else will do. That that literally the the, the beat of our heart is that you can offer me a million dollars and it's not enough. You can offer me any platform, it's not enough. So many people have sold out to platforms. So many people have sold out to this or to that or that or they they want this or that. God wants a people that are completely. Uh, fixated on his face, on the person of the spirit. Uh, they, they, they love being with the spirit. There's no place in my life I would rather be than in the, in the presence of God. Come on. And that's really the heart of the prophetic right there. That's the heart of the prophetic ministry in a nutshell, that you would rather be in the place of the Holy Spirit, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in his manifest glory, than in any platform that anybody could offer you. And that if they offered you that and you had to trade that in, you would say, I don't want it. Come on. And that's really where God wants to get us to a place of being madly in love with the Holy Spirit. Madly, just where we just like can't wait to get out of work because we can't wait to go into yes. the prayer closet. Where we can't wait, like we're thinking about him all day. You don't even have to wait till you get out of work. You can talk to the Holy Spirit at work. Come on. You can talk to God at work. You can talk to God on your way to work. I just think about all the minutes we waste. You mm. know, I, when I get out in the morning, I'll tell you my schedule. I get up in the morning, I spend time with God. I, I spend about an hour if I'm working. I spend about an hour with God because they think that you preachers just sit around and don't have jobs and we don't do anything, you know, but sitting enough. No, I have to work like everybody else, you know. So I get up, I spend time with the Holy Spirit. I spend time with God in an hour, get ready for work on my way to work. It's about a 30, 40 minutes. I spend time in tongues. I pray in tongues. I spend time talking to the Holy Spirit. I worship. I have my worship music God. I'm worshiping. Get to work. What, am, what do you think I do? I work by myself. Thank God. I just worship all day. You know, I, I fast for 12 and I worship the Lord. And then on my way home, I worship, you know, and it's just a lifestyle where it's become just who I am and what I do now. You know, and it's that easy. It's not hard. Just get lost in loving him. You know, it's that is, it's, you know. That's one of my favorite quotes is just get lost in him. Mm. Like, like get like there's this place, man. I know you've been here before where you just get so caught up in this just continual communing with him, dining with him. Like you said, just, just throughout the entire day, bro, there's times where I've looked at the clock and I'm like, yo, what, what have I been doing for the last six hours? Like your, my boss tells me, Oh, great job on that project. I'm like, what project? <laughs> like you just get so lost in him. And there's a grace for that. Like, you know, if it's just, you know, it's the Holy spirit. Cause there's a grace to do normal stuff. <laughs> There's a grace to do normal stuff. It ain't the Holy Spirit if you come to and you and you ain't got nothing done. But um, there's this thing, man, about just getting lost in him, bro. It's getting this to, to this place where like he's all like you said, like he's all that matters. He is the sole focus and everything else just comes like when you get into that place. When I when I, when I, when I talk about like hearing the Holy Spirit, spending time with them, 
It's like going to the gym. The more you spend time with them, the more you want to. And the less you spend time with them, the less you want to. Because what? It takes work. It takes clearing out your schedule. It takes saying no to the Netflix show that everybody in your in your friend group is watching. And Holy Spirit is like, would you give that up for me? Would you just would you set this time aside? Would you fast? Would you whatever it looks like for you and your walk at this moment? It takes sacrifice. It does. It's not hard, but it does take sacrifice. And the amount of sacrifice isn't, hey, what can you get rid of everything that like he's not saying, what can you get rid of in every ounce of your day? He said, how much of that are you willing to give to me? Mm. He's not saying don't ever don't turn the TV on for the rest of your life. Maybe he's saying that to some of you. He ain't said it to me yet. Um, yeah, but I don't I, watch much TV. So, you know, but <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy him. I had a season where God told me not to not to watch TV, but I tell people for, you know, especially training profits, you know, I tell them, you know, you need to get a life, you know, get you some hobbies, yeah. you know, profits can be weird. And, yep. uh, you know, and uh, TV helps them sometimes. Like, <laughs> I would be real spooky if I didn't have my TV, you know what I Come mean? On. Like, I, I need to DY sometimes because yeah. sometimes you're in a prophetic bubble, you know, the prophetic can be overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know, the prophetic the mind of God. It's literally the prophetic is being caught up in the counsel of God. Yes, sir. And, and most of, and as a prophet or, you know, you live there, that's where you live. So sometimes that normalcy of doing normalized bit of time with family, you know, that type of thing, it helps you create a normalcy. You ever mm -hmm. met prophets or prophetic people that are really weird? You're like, you've been a little, you've been spent a little bit too much time by yourself. You know what I mean? You're just kind of scared. They're just, they're all spooky and they're doing spooky fingers at you, uh -huh. you know? Sweet and they're meaningful, but they just have spent all their time. They say, God called me to this church and this church and this church and this church and this church. And, and the Holy Spirit called me. And they just not plan it because they, they, that's where that normalcy. Yes. That, that, that. So, you know, um, I just felt like this, you know, and, and, when, and when we, and one of the things that I, we talk about with prayer, you know, and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, you know, many people ask, like, how do you even hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do you hear the Spirit, you know? Um, you know, and there's several ways that you hear the spirit, you know, uh, one of the ways is, is knowings, you know, where, you know, the it's, it's like an inner knowing of the spirit, because you had to realize that the Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water out of your, out of the abundance of the heart, which is your spirit, man, the soul, man, if your heart, the, 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 you, you speak out of your mouth. So it comes from internally what, when you're usually hearing the spirit. Now you can hear the voice of the whole, you can hear the voice of God spontaneous, all things like that. But we have to begin to learn that a lot of times the closer you get, you get more. It's not that your God is not always speaking. We're not hearing mm -hmm. because we're distracted. It's like a, I tell people when I teach people I hear the voice of God, it's like an FM radio. Come on. You got to the dial and the way you turn the dial to the right station is through prayer and time with God. That's why you can't talk about prayer, hearing the voice of God and hearing the voice of the Spirit without talking about prayer. Because prayer is the dial that turn tunes you into the voice of the Spirit. If you don't, you're going to be off-centered. Yeah. You know, you ever drive through a country and you're on a long road trip and you're on that station and then you get out of the signal and it's like, and you're trying to search for it. That's kind of how most Christians are. They're searching for the signal of God without, and they're never going to find it until they get in the secret place and spend time with the spirit. And then they'll learn the frequency. Come on.
You have to learn the frequency of the spirit and then hear the spirit will become easy from you for you. You know, a lot of those generals of old, they didn't have language like we do now on hearing the voice of God. You know, the, the prophetic movement is really new. I believe it was the 70s. It was pioneered the 70s and 80s. The modern day prophetic movement was birthed through Bishop Bill Hammond, Latter day movement, and uh, um, a nerd for revival history. But they, they, they pioneered the prophetic movement. So, what happened before that? A lot of those guys, uh, Catherine Kuma, a lot of the uh, even Geralds or Roberts, they were hearing the voice of God. They'd have language. Yep. But they spent a lot of time with God in the prayer closet and they began to learn his voice. Mm. Um, so, you just have to tune into the right frequency. You'll know when you hear that spontaneous thought that it wasn't your thought. You know, when you begin to hear that inner witness in your spirit, you'll know that wasn't your thought. You know, it's not it's not the devil telling you to go pray. <laughs> it's not your flesh and it's not the devil. So if you ever feel the leading of to go pray, do you don't ever have to discern if it's the devil or your flesh? Because when you're hearing the voice of God, those are the three things you have to get through. You have to discern whether it's the flesh, the devil, and the spirit. Those are the three voices you'll hear. Your own self. You'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You'll hear your own. You'll hear the voice of the enemy. So you're, the enemy is never going to tell you to go fast. He's never going to tell you to, to go to sow a seed. You know, he's never <laughs> going to tell you like that. Your flesh most of the time is not going to want to give. You know, do most of those things. So if you're hearing those things, that's easy. It's God talking to you. You know, um, you know, and then you, of course, you know, you don't. When the Holy Spirit speaks, you don't ever do anything that goes against the Word of God. The word of God is the ultimate is spoken is nothing. You know, if anything we ever get in the spirit, when we hear in the Holy Spirit, if it goes against the word, that is not something we listen to. Yep. Um, and we also get counsel at times for big decisions. And I tell people when we're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, when it's big things like moving and things like that, it's good to get counsel sometimes. Because I made, I made a lot of mistakes in hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit when I just was kind of didn't have that mentorship. You know, everybody don't have mentors. I didn't have one for a long time. And so I just kind of learned all the stuff I learned in the prophetic by trial and error because I came out of religious church. I was weird to most of them. I was rejected for about six years in the church. They didn't know what I was. They were like scared of me. I walk in a room that everybody got nervous, you know? And so, you know, they, they were just like, I, I'm, you know, we're not scared of you, but we are a little bit, you know? So, you know, I was calling myself the vibe, my call, my ministry, the voice of the prophetic. And I was in a religious Baptist church full gospel church saying that stuff, you know, talking about prophecy and, you know, they were freaked out, you know, so <laughs> I didn't have anybody, no grid for any of that stuff, but, you know, thank God that some of you are on here listening, you get to learn from these experiences that hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is not hard, but, you know, it's good that you get training, you seek out training, you seek out wisdom, because that, that'll help you become more sharp in hearing and discerning what the Spirit is saying to you. That's good. And practically, those are the things that that we need is like, OK, we we know the devil's not telling us to pray. Most of the time, our flesh is in. I promise you, the devil ain't telling you to fast and your flesh ain't going to tell you to fast. <laughs> but it's, it's these practical things of how do I align? This is this is me. This is God. I typically tell myself, OK, if it's something that's good for me and I don't want to do it, it's probably the Lord. <laughs> it's yeah. probably the Holy Spirit. It's good yeah. for me. It'll glorify God. It's probably the Holy Spirit. It probably ain't me. And I it definitely ain't the devil, you know. Um, and this is what Romans 8 talks about when it talks about the Holy Spirit always prays the perfect will of the Father. So when you hear something 
in your spirit, if it bubbles up, if a thought comes to mind, if you see something, the number one, is it, does it, does it glorify God? And would it be a, according to his perfect will in your life? So if you feel something, oh man, I need to move over here. What's the first thought that comes in, in your mind? Oh, I'm gonna find me a girl and finally get married. I'm gonna do this, this, and this. And then, oh yeah. And then maybe I'll find the church. That's probably not the Lord. You know what I mean? But <laughs> if it's the Lord, the first thing that's going to come to mind is how it glorifies him. Mm-hmm. You know, so, oh, God's calling me to move to this place. And the first thing you think of, and I'm going to be able to plug into this church and, you know, I'm going to be able to, to, to serve these people. I'm going to be able to bless them. And God's going to, he's spreading my time. I ain't going to be around so many crazy people. So I get to spend more time with them. Like if the first thing you think about when you think you're hearing from the Holy Spirit is how it glorifies God is most likely him. And I think that's one of the biggest indicators there is just because it sounds good. And this is important. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean that it's God. Because again, not, you know, we always hear if it just because it's good doesn't mean it's God, but just because it sounds good, you may hear something, but just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's God. If you, I'll, I'll give you a, a practical example. I, I know somebody that, you know, they were very entwined with their family and they were like the, the lead disciple of their family. And they felt like they needed to move. Oh, well, if I go here, it's a really cheap market. Um, you know, I can get this job, boom, boom, boom. But I heard nothing of what the Lord wanted to do in their life. And I went and I asked them, like, and this is a long time ago, so I'm not putting nobody on blast. This is years ago. So I said, like, okay, well, what is the Lord looking to do in your life and you moving? And they didn't have an answer. And I said, that's not that's not God. That's not God. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you have nothing of what the Lord wants to do through you and you making that move. So it's probably not the Lord. You know, if there's great things like if you want to move, you don't want to obey the Holy Spirit. That's on you. But you have, <laughs> you have nothing that you can show for that the Lord wants you to do that will glorify him. That will take you deeper in your walk. And you got so like you, you've got it. And you're in a great position here and you're being a blessing here. You're going somewhere else for yourself. You got to look at those things. So I think one of the biggest things is that number one, is it glorifying God more than it's appeasing me? Because God's told me to do some things I didn't always want to do. And it didn't sound good. And it was him. You know what I mean? Well, most of the things that I've done that were, were really God things were not something we wanted to, you know, wanted to do. You know, I uh, recently, you know, uh, I've done things, you know, and even now, you know, I, you know, and that's part of that surrender we were talking about, yeah. you know, um, recently I got it started me doing some, you know, some things and I did not want to do it, you know, and I didn't want to do it. But the Lord, you know, God is looking for, you know, one of the verses I love when I teach on intercession is God searched all over, you know, the verse I'm out. He searched oh, yeah. for an intercession and I find somebody standing in the gap. And I, I think of that, like, how could God not find somebody standing mm. in the gap? And that's because he's looking for people. He's speaking to people. I want you. But you know what I learned about that is that this ministry is a ministry that's hidden with God. It's not a ministry of the glamour blitz. You know, a lot of people want the big stages and they want that. But the ministry of the intercessor is hidden. You know, it's the ministry where I'm praying for my city. I'm praying for my church. And uh, those are the things where God will speak to you and say, I'm calling you. I'm giving you a burden for your city. Will you pray for your city? Some of us want the big words from God, but we won't do the little things. <laughs> Come on. But I mean, we, God wants to see if you'll be faithful with the little. You know, I didn't start prophesying over nations. You know, like, you know, I started out prophesying in classrooms. I was a teacher. You know, I started out prophesying over the little prayer line. I started prophesying, in the, you know, when I would go out in public. 
You know, I didn't have no pastors that would give me a microphone. You know, God has to trust you on each level that you're in. And then he trusts you with more authority. He trusts you with more of his favor. But it has to, God has to trust you. Really, God, the prophecies that we get, God is waiting on us. Yes. He's waiting on us to get into a place of maturity. I just think about, you know, I got big prophecies over my life years ago. I just think about if God would have brought me into some of the things that I thought mm. I was ready for, I would have been shipwrecked. I know you can agree with that. Come on. It was times you got that big prophetic word. You thought you were ready to go right then. You could have tomorrow you were ready to go to the nations. Come on. And, and you, you literally look, man, I was jacked up. <laughs> like if I would have went, I wasn't mature. I wasn't wise. You know, I, I you know I went to be a missionary in Africa. Almost, you know, went you know was under witchcraft attacks. Was not ready to go to Africa. My God, but I was failures for the Lord and, and just on fire. But you know, God, you know, God wants to mature us, and yes. the way He does that is through faithfulness. I don't know how we got on this. But I feel like there's some people that's watching. I feel like we're led by the spirit right now. And I feel like there's people that are watching that need to hear this, that, you know, God wants to give you more. He wants to give you greater. He wants to do great things in your life. But we have to begin to be faithful in the small things. We're talking about hearing the voice of God now. You know, in my own life, there's been a progression. There's been a progression. God trusted David that way. David didn't go, wasn't, he didn't become king overnight. Took him 13 years. He was slaying Goliath, uh, bears and in the wilderness, you know, by itself. He became an army bear for Saul, the very man that tried to kill him. He was playing his piano and casting out devils with the piano with his <laughs> with his little with his little instrument, worshiping. Then he, he started working in the army. Then his father-in-law tried to kill him, you know, just for doing his job, just doing it with excellence. His father-in-law tried to kill him. He chased out of the kingdom. Hold on, God. You just prophesied through the prophet that I was going to be king. I'm, mm. a far, I'm as far away from being king as you can get. I'm not even in Israel anymore. I'm literally running for my life. They think I'm crazy. They thought he was crazy. And the Philistines thought he was nuts. He acted like he was nuts because he was scared he was going to die. Mm. You know, I mean, we, God will put us in situations when we obey him. Well, we like, God, is it you? Did I miss you? Is this, are you anywhere? But we have to be steadfast. We have to, we have to have a pure heart. It cannot be, I tell people all the hell I've been through. I cannot imagine if it was only about platforms, I would not be who I am. Come on. Because the platforms aren't worth it. You know, I've yes. seen it. You know, you can get on the biggest platform, see it raw, all these places. You know, I love these men of God, but you can get on these platforms and not be happy. You can get on these platforms and not be fulfilled. Some of the biggest preachers are not fulfilled. Because platforms can't fulfill you. Yes. The only person that can fulfill that itch that we have on the inside of us is the presence of God. It's the only thing that can fulfill us. Mm. His presence is everything. You know, it's everything or nothing. And so, just be, I, I, I just try that. Minister to the Lord. You know, give yourself to ministering to the Lord. I know that so many people want to go deeper. I want you to go deeper in your walk with God. I want you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want all that for you. We both do. I want people to have be able to prophesy. You know, I want people to have moving against the spirit because we have a generation that needs God. We have a generation that needs the power of God. You know, right now, you know, I believe we should have power because the church, you know, hasn't always been known for power. Mm-hmm. But we need power, you know, because a generation thinks the church that God is dead. Mm-hmm. But power without intimacy is dangerous. Power without that closeness with the spirit is dangerous. Yeah. So we want to be a people of power, of presence, that loves the God, that is led by his voice. Israel was led, led by the pillar and the cloud. 
We want to be led by the cloud. Those are representations of the Holy Spirit. We want to be led in everything we do by the Holy Spirit. Everything we do. We should be led by the Spirit in what we what we buy, what we watch, how we raise our kids. We should be led by how we pay our bills. Everything. He wants to be a part of every area of our life. We don't. He don't want to be in the back room. A lot of churches have put the Holy Spirit in the back room. You know, I had a vision one time where I was, you know, it was a East, it was like a Pentecost Sunday when it was one of it. God took me into a vision and I saw the Holy Spirit flying around all these different churches. And one of the churches had a caution sign on there and it said, caution, enter at your own risk. And then another sign said, you're not welcome. Then another sign was like three different churches. And, and the Holy Spirit is looking for a place like when he went off in the Noah Noah's Ark. He went, the dove was sent out. He yep. found a rest place. God is looking for a people. He's looking for a generation. I believe revival wants to come to the generation. I believe God wants to release the glory like we've never seen before. Yes. I believe God wants to release a glory like we that's greater than the time of the healing revival. I believe God yes. wants to release a great awakening. I believe God wants to release fire on a generation. But he's looking for a people that will pay the price. And like you said in prayer, he's looking for a people that will say, God, show me your glory like Moses did. He had already seen the glory of God. Mm. He had already seen that the glory just humble an entire nation was humbled by the glory of God. Ten plagues crippled the economy of Egypt. He saw the glory, the Red Sea party. Water comes up, literally going into the, like literally going to Florida the, and just putting a staff and it comes up. But he saw the glory. Why would yeah. he ask to see it again? He already mm. saw it. He was hungry. He was desperate. And I believe we're missing that again in this generation. I believe God wants to impart to people watching right now a hunger and a desperation. Yes. Father, I pray right now that everybody that's listening, that a holy, a holy hunger would be ignited in your heart. I pray, Lord, that you would release that now in Jesus' name. Mm, my God. Ooh, I feel, uh, bro, a couple things. Matthew 17 just popped up in me. And it, uh, it's Jesus transfigured on the mount. And they're in the glory of God. And Peter, he says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I just feel that strong, man. I feel like that is, that's what's going to awaken in people. You know, that's what's going to awaken in people. Like, like when me and my wife, when we talk about revival, we talk about it's a people that's madly in love with him and wildly on fire for him. I, I believe this, that we talk a lot about fire and we need the fire. I'm a, I'm a, I listen, I talk about fire too much. I'm, I'm like an arson in the spirit, but without intimacy, it amounts to nothing. It amounts to nothing without the love. I believe this, man. If you want Acts 2 without John 15, you get Matthew 7. If wow. you want the power without intimacy, you get Lord, Lord. And I know you already touched on this, man, <laughs> but I, I believe this, man, that there, the Lord is marrying the two. You know, I, you know, I, when I see, I see patterns in scripture where anytime God things, does a thing with the two, it's a pair, it's a divine merging of the two. That's why you see Mary and Martha, the works and the sitting. That's why you see Peter and John, you see the fire of Peter and you see the intimacy of John. And I believe this, man, I believe the Lord is marrying the two where you have a people who are madly in love with him and wildly on fire. Let the love let the love and the intimacy with the Lord spark the fire in you. Listen, there's things that you'll be passionate about when it don't feel good when you're in love with it. If mm -hmm. you're in love with the platform, 
the moment, listen, the moment that the, the engagements aren't what you thought, the moment you ain't getting the offering you wanted, it don't matter because you don't love the Lord. And listen, when you love the Lord, you could care less if you get those things or not. And guess what? When you get them, it don't even matter. So you're free to do what the Lord has called you, man. And I believe that the Lord's just awakening that. He's awakening this like he's he's down. He's tearing down the fear of man. He's tearing down the thoughts of man. He's tearing down wanting to be popular and wanting to. Mikaiah, one of my favorite people in the Bible, got I forget how many, maybe 400 something prophets all saying, oh, you know, you're going to be good king. You know, do your thing. Ahab, it's going to be great. He's the one person that was willing to say what the Lord was actually saying, despite what anybody thought. Because why? Because he was a man in prayer. Elijah, I love how Elijah popped on the scene out of nowhere. And I truly believe this. It doesn't say it, but I believe Elijah popped up out of nowhere because God found him trustworthy in the secret place. There's a reason why you don't read a lot about him before he does all these crazy things. It's because he was bred in the secret place. John the Baptist, you see a man that's bred in the outskirts and in the wilderness. And when he comes back into town, come on, somebody, he comes with the power and a fire and the authority. Listen, God, he's stirring the hearts up again, man. He's stirring up the hearts and it's, it's birthing a fire in people. And bro, I believe it. Like it's just, it's this passion and this zeal and this love where it's like, Man, I, I want to lay on your chest, but at the same time, I'll cut an ear off for you real quick, Lord. Like whatever you need me to do, I believe this is what this is what causes you to be with them in the highs and lows. Is when you see him for who he is. I believe that Paul lived the life that he lived because of what he said in Philippians three. All those great things I've done, I count them as dung that I may know him. I count it as dung that I may know him. We want all the things Paul did without knowing the Lord. Jesus. we would rather have the listen i don't want to speak for him before i speak to him Jeez. i don't wow. want to speak for him before i speak to him man and I, I truly believe that the lord is reversing our mindsets because we've put like you said man we put it on platforms and status and like you know we're at this point now where what's the point of hearing from the holy spirit if we can't tell a million people that's not what it's for it's for you first it's Jeez. for you first. God wants to speak to a people. So then afterwards, he can speak through a people. I believe it, man. And he's he's just awakening this thing of like, I want to be. I saw it like this, man. Um, I think about a year ago, I had this vision and I saw a forest and I saw I saw a forest and I heard a rumbling and a shaking in the forest. And out of nowhere, I saw these warriors jumping out the forest with their armor on and their swords. And the Lord told me the secret place prophets are about to come out. Now, I know I said the word prophets, but you got to understand just in general, the people that have spent time in the secret place dwelling with them and dining with them, the Lord is raising them up. The Lord is raising them up. And he, he also told me this, because I want you guys to understand the ministry God's called you to, whatever he wants you to do, doesn't all, hopefully y'all know this, but it doesn't all look like having a microphone. Some of y'all are called, whatever it is. There's a million different ways to do what God's called you to do. The Lord told me that he is highlighting, he said he's sidelining mega ministries, not taking them away. He's sidelining mega ministries and he's highlighting many ministries. And what I mean, yeah. and what I think the Lord was saying is this, that I'm about to use these people that have been overlooked, that they didn't have the right words. They didn't have the right style to fit in with the elite class. And I'm about to use them around the world in power and authority because they know me. 
Jesus, wow. It, it comes down to wow. knowing him. That is the I pray that that before you want to uh, before you want to you be used by God, that you want to know him. Jesus, yeah, it all comes out of knowing him, man. I feel like there are people are hungry or watching, and uh, you know, God wants to want all his people to be his mouthpieces and uh uh and to to speak what the Lord is saying on your on your job. Uh, on your, on your, like I say, like he just said, we're not all called to the, you know, to, to, to do, to be, have a, a platform, a microphone, but some of us are called to be the voice of God on our job. They're called to be the voice of God in our homes or whatever you're called to. God you, gives everybody a metron. Yeah. But this is the important thing. God wants to equip his people in, in the place of prayer so that we can, because what will happen is if we, if he trusts us with more, if we trust us with certain things without that intimacy, we'll lose ourselves. Yes. Well, you know, and some of what I've loved as I've watched the generals, you know, I've studied some of the greatest generals. And one of the things I always look at is their start and their finish. And every time that I've seen people and I've even seen some generals fall in our, my day, you know, men of God that, that, you know, I've been around. And uh, not just moral fall, but just fall where they're not really seeking Jesus like that anymore. And it always, man, when I look at guys that have had longevity, it always comes back to their message. Yeah. And their, and their focus. Men that I know that, you know how I look for when I hear a preacher? When they talk about Jesus, do they, do they, do they get emotional? Mm. When they, they talk about Jesus, do I feel their heart burning? You know, one of, I was listening to a guy, one of my favorite uh, prophets. I just was with, you know, went up there to listen to him. Is, is the guy a prophet named Brian Curran. And I was listening to Brian, and he was talking, and he just was talking about Jesus, and he started just crying, just mm. just breaking down. And, and I feel like we are looking for. That's what we should look for in preachers. That's what we should look for in ourselves. Yeah. You know, we talk about Jesus. Do we get? It should do something for us in us. You know, when I. Think about Jesus, you know, what he did for me. You know, you know, I love the, you know, even the old religious church, you know, it was sing songs like, but I think of the goodness of Jesus and all yeah. that he's done for me, how he set me free and, you know, that I could dance, you know, all these songs that we look at as religious, but they have so much powerful words in them. You know, I mean, when I think about how Jesus set me free, how Jesus brought me through the wilderness, how out of broken relationships and how to out of uh, times where the devil almost destroyed me and killed me. And with times where I wanted to walk away from this call, because, you know, people look at people who have big calls. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of warfare. It's a yeah. lot of attack. It's a lot of crushing that God puts you through. You know, I look at people like John G. Lake. You know, he went to Africa. He lost mm -hmm. his wife. I yeah. mean, how can you I mean, went to Africa? His wife died in Africa. And then, you know, he literally, his kids all fell away from the Lord because of that. They kind of blamed him for his wife dying. And they came back, he came back to, uh, and, and literally God used him in his latter years better more than he went into Africa. He went to Spokane, uh, Spokane, mm -hmm. and literally a whole city had no sickness. Yeah. He, and literally, there was no sickness in the city. The mayor gave him a plaque because of the healing ministry he had where the healing mantle on him was so strong that there was no sickness in the entire city. Mm. You know, you think about John Alexander Dowie, you know, the mm. dude was arrested like 150 times for practicing medicine without a uh, practicing medicine without a license. Mm. He would get done preaching and they would arrest him when he got out. 
You know, I think about um, uh, Amy Simmer Fierce, who mm -hmm. most people would have disqualified her because she was divorced three times. She was a woman and yep. she experienced divorce in a time where divorce was really frowned upon. You know, and she was a woman preacher on top of that. In that time, you know, that she she was she was kidnapped. You know, all the stuff she went through, Catherine Kuhlman literally uh, took somebody else's, I mean, literally got into a, a scandal type of thing with a married man, ended up was with him for nine years. But God used this woman in her latter years, but she never got remarried, but she lived in mean, glory that we never seen, we haven't seen in a long time. And I just look at all these generals, Mariah Woodworth, Edder, all of them, I go on and on. These are people that pay the price yeah. for the glory of God. And I believe God is asking a generation a question again. I believe he's asking all of us, what price are we willing to pay for revival to come to this generation? Mm. America needs revival. Come on. Our cities need revival. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't shift it, man. But I just come feel on. that in the spirit. I got to talk about it. We need revival. Yes. We need an outpouring of the spirit of God. And we need people that are grit with the passion of God. We need a people that'll say, God, burn me. Uh, one of my favorite intercessors is Reese, Reese Howell. One of my greatest, I love this man. I read his book. I just wept the whole time I was reading it. You know, he saw, you know, the war coming. He saw the crisis of his day. What are we doing during the crisis of our hour? Mm. Are we sitting by watching or are we on the prayer closet? Are we weeping? Are we crying out for God, for a move of God? The church needs to get on his face. The church is spending so much time doing other things. We're, we're doing conferences. If COVID did anything for us, it should have made us pray more. Come on. <laughs> you know, a global plague hits the earth. God is speaking. Even though I don't believe God sent it, God allowed it, and he's trying to get the church's attention. Let it, he's saying, ringing from the, the heavens. Pray, church. It's time to pray. It's time to get on your face. Mm. When David, a plague broke out, and literally everybody was dying. David didn't go consult the government. He went to God. He said, yeah. God, what do I do? He got on the threshing floor. God is releasing a threshing floor anointing to mm. his people. He wants to give us blueprints from heaven on how to turn the tides of, our, of this generation. We're losing a generation. We're losing a nation. And we need a people that will say, God, not on my watch. Mm. We need the people that will say, God, make me the Reese House. Make me the intercessor. Yes. That will shift the course of history. That will shift the course of the city that I live in. That will pull down strongholds like Daniel, where Daniel, one man's prayer life, wraps him against the principality. He pulled down a principality over a nation. What can a church do? When they say there's a million, there are 100 million Christians in America, what would it look like? If all the Christians in America was activated mm. and they all began to pray and they all did what they did in the uh, the days of the call with Lou Engel, mm. the days of the of the Moravian Fall prayer movement, mm. the days of the of the of the layman revival, when a layman, he wasn't no special prophet or preacher. He was a man that saw the economic depression that hit the New York and he said, I'm gonna have a prayer meeting. And 10,000 people eventually came to the prayer meeting and prayer swept throughout America and they would come on boats and they said, we can feel the glory of God. In the, yes. Literally, they were coming in on boats. Mm. What would it look like if a people did what Welsh did when the Welsh revival, when a young guy had a prayer meeting and, they, and it was on fire and literally the entire nation 
was swept up in a spirit of prayer and, and, and they had to let the police department go. The answer to the crisis of the day is a church that is for one in prayer and for two in love with Jesus. Mm. And, uh, and if we had that, we wouldn't have to be fighting about this and that because we would all be in the spirit. We would all, the problem with the church is that we're all not in the spirit. Yeah. If we were in the spirit, we would be one mm -hmm. because true unity comes from the Holy Spirit. We can't have unity without the Holy Spirit. And so the key to unity is the Holy Spirit. When the mm. Holy Spirit comes, that's why during the charismatic renewal, there was such unity because yeah. there was an outpouring of the spirit and where the spirit of the God is, there's liberty. Yes. And so, you know, that's, that's my take on that, man. I got also. <laughs> Bible, man. I, I start to revival. It does something in my soul. Bro, you we know, can talk I, about revival all night. I, Bible, I believe revival. Come on, man. I'm here for it. I'm here for <laughs> it. Bro, this is um man. I'm I'm at this, I'm at this place, bro. Where I'm like, this is a necessity. This is a necessity. Like, we're severely lack. This isn't something that we just pray because it's cute. Like, oh God, send revival. No, you gotta remember there's there's death. We're praying for revival because we're looking at a lot of death. And this is something that's cute. I think I heard, I think Isaiah Saldivar said, like, it's not an accessory. It's a necessity. This is a necessity with the way that the world is going, with the way that America is going. It's like, unless, unless God's people come together and pray, we're looking at turmoil, disaster, and peril in our nation and around the world. And I believe, I believe this, man. Leonard Ravenhill said he'd rather have five people on fire for God than 100 that want to play church. And like you yeah. said, there's like a, a hundred million something Christians or whatever it is, the number in America, self-proclaiming Christians. If a if a if a, a third, if a fourth, if a tenth of those would pray, I believe a great awakening would sweep in within the next month. I, I, I believe it, man. I look at revival history, I look at biblical history, and I'm like, get get a hundred thousand Christians to, to give their life to prayer, and within a month. This entire globe will change, man. And this is why I think it's so important to talk revival history because it, you know, I, uh, I'm just, I've been trying, I've been arguing with a lot of people about this. Um, when we talk about is revival here, is revival not? And a lot of people say revival's here because I prayed for somebody and they got healed. Revival's here because I, I went to the mall and 13 people got saved. Praise God. But listen, I tell people this, man. Mark 16, 15 is not revival. It's normal Christianity. And yeah. I believe that we've strayed so far from a praying people, from a church that moves and operates as a whole in power, that when we see normal biblical Christianity, it hypes us up. It's kind of like you see somebody make a wide open layout with nobody guarding them in the NBA and everybody's hooping and hollering. What you... That's easy work. That's nothing. You know what I mean? And so I believe that we have to get, we got to get real with ourselves. We got to get real with ourselves and we can't just look at the state of our life. Right. I, I praise God. If he, if you're moving in signs, wonders and miracles, prophetic words, all that stuff, but that's not revival because it's happening in your life. It's biblical Christianity. It happens when it begins to affect the region. It happens when, like you said, the police departments get shut down. It happens when the bars get shut down. It happens when my favorite story from the Azusa Revival is they would call the fire department and say, there is a fire over the building. And they would say, there's no fire there. What are you talking about? And you see a people that's willing to just lay down on their face for hours, mm -hmm. right? 
um, um, William uh, Seymour. You know, you wouldn't even see him talking most of the time. They would find him behind the box just praying because it wasn't about him. It was about God doing something. And listen, I believe this, y'all. I've, I really, really believe this. If we were to get a people together, a generation that would say, listen, forget the, 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 the Facebook, forget the Instagram, forget the traveling. I would rather just minister to the Lord and ask him to do something. I believe we see the world change. Here's the problem. I believe that we think that we can make it happen in our own flesh, in our own power, and in our own will. This is why we don't pray, because we think we can handle it on our own. And we forget that revival looks like God taking center stage and doing it his way again. Jeez, wow. It's about him doing it. This is why no revival, uh, this is why no revival looks 100% the same. It's because it's when God says, scoot over i'll take it from here and he begins to move in a way that he desires to see himself manifest in a region or in a nation we don't need mm -hmm. you to there's no there's no negotiating with god when it comes to revival and saying well i believe we need to do this lord what do you think and sliding a paper across the desk to negotiate it's saying look i'm done i have nothing else to offer Listen, we don't have anything else to offer this world outside of God, outside of Jesus. If we don't, if we don't have him, we got nothing. Mm. If that's not the main focus, then there's nothing for us to do. Like, praise God for the conferences. I think some of us needed that COVID break to stop going to so many conferences. <laughs> I think some of us needed that break where you pay $150 to hear three people speak that you never going to remember what they said again. And you left <laughs> with some goosebumps. Don't miss it. Don't say, don't hear what I'm not saying. I love those things. But the point I'm saying is we put in our hope in all these things. I just wish this is what I wish, man. I wish we get as hype. I wish we get as hype for the prayer room as we do for the conferences. I wish we get as hype for the prayer rooms as we do when the next great evangelist comes in town. I wish we get as hype for the, the prayer meetings. You know, I forget who it was. It might've been, um, it might've been David Wilkerson. He said, uh, I think it was him. He said, Sunday, Sunday mornings is how, how popular, what is the church is Sunday nights, how popular the preacher is Wednesday night, show you how popular the, 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 uh, the Lord is. And it was saying this, that the prayer meetings are the least popular, um, meetings of the week in the church because the Lord's the least popular person in the church. Jeez. And I truly wow. believe this, man. I truly believe this. When you see a people more excited to get into prayer than they do to sit in 20 minutes of worship, a 20 minute message and throw in 20 bucks that God begins to shift some things. I just mm. I look at history and I say there's no other way that we need the preaching, but there's no other way but through prayer. Yeah, we have to do another one on prayer, man. But, you know, I, I mean, I could go into prayer, you know, it's, it's a. You know, I feel like, you know, I, I was listening to Lou Engle and uh, just, you know, he's really impacted my life. And I think anybody who's who's uh, in prayer, uh, in the prayer ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking, he was on a stage with the guys, uh, with, I think it was at one of the Jesus Jesus conferences with Michael Leonos. And he, he said, uh, they asked him the same question we we're talking about. They said, do what do you get think about revival or something? And, and one of the guys, you know, I think he was he meant well, but he said, you know, I carry revival. I am revival. Mm -hmm. You know, I you know I I, I carry revival, and, and and you know I think revival already come, and I'm here right now. Everywhere I go is revival. And Lou, like he does, he he, he rocks rocking back and forth, and he he said, well, you know I, you know I, <laughs> you know you know I, I you know I'm glad you say that, but when you say that, you know you, you know in love as a father. 
you know, corrected and said, no, you know, uh, um, yeah, I believe we all should carry revival. You know, there's a spirit of revival and that's the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of revival. Yeah. So everywhere we go, it should be revival. It should be a measure of revival. But the revival we're talking about is the, the revival that would change a nation, mm -hmm. that would change our, a city. And there is people that are shaking cities. I mean, uh, look at uh, 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 even a church in Arizona, Fresh Start. Yeah. Uh, God is doing there. We've seen movements like Bethel. We've seen movements uh, uh, where churches have really impacted their region. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown in Florida. Uh, I love what Mike Julianos is doing in Orlando. You know, we see um, God pouring out his spirit all over the earth. We've had Lady New Lady, Apostle Kerr or Crick or yeah. whatever. We, you know, have a revival in, in the park, you know, and everywhere she goes. And we see these powerful things happening. But we are, we still need, let me tell people this, revival, this is actually going to mess some people up. Revival is actually not for the world, it's for the church. Yes, yes. Awakening is for the world. That's it. Reformation is for the world. Revival is for the church. Yes. Revival is to revive, it, it literally means to bring back to life. Why would God need to bring Christian uh, unbelievers back to life? Come they on. are dead. There's no bringing them back to life. They need yeah. to literally, they need to be born again. They need to be born. Need to be again. born. The revival is for the church. When the church is revived, then we carry that fire to the nation. Yep. Salvation, evangelism, it becomes awakening. We awaken the sinners who are asleep. Yes. They're asleep. They're dead in Christ. We awaken them to the reality of God. And then that becomes a reformation. So we're not, we're not, we need a revival. And I tell people, you know, and I love evangelism. I really do. I love the ministry of evangelism. But this is why, I, if, if I, I have so many friends that are prophets, I have friends that are evangelists, I have friends that are apostles. And I love how when you talk to each of them, you're going to get a different response on what they think the church needs to be doing or what nope. they think. They you talk to evangelists, you talk to a Matt Cruz. You talk to somebody like, you know, they're, they're beating for, you know, the, the crisis is souls getting saved. You know, Dave Hernandez, souls need to get saved. You know, but then you hear a prophet talking, they're like, no, we need to get the church saved. You mm -hmm. know, the church needs to get saved. The church needs to pray. You know, um, because the thing is, man, we can have all these souls mm. saved, but if they come into a dead church, come on, they're just going to go back into the world. Come on. You know, I mean, we thank God for ministries that are God are raising up all over the world that have fire, but most of the churches don't have fire. Mm -hmm. How many churches are, you know, are still not open after COVID? You know, yeah. we, we have so many, uh, 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 so much of that. You know, and I really believe I saw in the spirit, you know, God is going to, is blessing ministries that are, are going after God. I believe the uh, Holy Spirit ministries are going to grow during this time. Yeah. You know, because people are longing for more of God. They're tired of church as usual. You know, I believe we're seeing a demand of that word you gave is on point. I believe God is the pulling down voices of many people, like many people that have been had big voices. We don't hear as much about now because God is literally. People can only eat dessert for too long. Come on. <laughs> now people need still steak. You know, mm. you know, this is a time where steak and potatoes is needed. That, that that cookie, you know, cookies and ice cream and sugar, we it didn't help us when COVID hit. Come it, on. it didn't help us when, you know, those encouraging sermons only. I love the encouraging stuff, but that 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 real deep 
prayer type messages. Mm. Those people were ready for COVID. Those people are still strong. I haven't been shaking because of COVID. I don't know about anybody else. I haven't been shaking. I've been scared one time. I'm not not afraid. Haven't been afraid. I've been afraid for my son. I'm not afraid. You know why? Because I walk in the glory of God. I walk in the spirit of God. Mm. Yes, I use wisdom and, you know, but I'm not afraid. I don't live in fear. You know, John G. Lake was in Africa in a Ebola type fight. He, he said, put it on my hand and it dissolved. Yes. I believe when we walk in power with God, we don't walk in fear of death. We don't walk in fear of anything because we have victory over death. Mm. We have victory over sickness. We have victory over disease. Doesn't mean we don't, you know, use wisdom. No, it just means that the Christians shouldn't be more scared than people in the world. Come on. <laughs> we should be a light in a dark place. We should be people that walk in a reality that God is a healer that God is has victory over death. Mm. And, and you know, and even if we were to, if somebody was to die as a Christian, they're gonna go to a better place than they are here. Yes. You know, well, you know, I'm not afraid of that. You can't scare me with death because I'm longing <laughs> that for the day that I see his face. I'm longing for the day that I see the Lord. So whether I'm like Paul most of the time, I, you know, I don't know whether to go or to stay. I'm right, come on. You know, I, I know I want to stay and see so saved and to do what God's called me to do. But other part of me is like, God, I would just miss you. You know, mm. I would, would love to just see you, you know. So when I believe a church that unrevived responded to COVID the way it did. Mm. But a church that is re- God is reviving even through this. He's waking people up. We're seeing that all around the country. God is waking people up. And I believe that's what God wants to do. Uh, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's waking the church up in this hour and uh, in this time. Yes. I don't know how we got on there. We got from, we done went from, we done went everywhere. About prophetic stuff to talking about what God is doing to the prayer movement, to the Come prophetic on. movement. We don't, we don't went everywhere tonight, man. Full course. They had a whole course tonight. Full course meal. Man, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this, man. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. And whenever you feel like you, you feel the release will stop. But, you know, um, <clears throat> I think that now I think I know. One of the things the Lord told me during like the whole when COVID started was that in COVID, he was going to rearrange the church and he was going to tear down. He was he was going to remove the rubbish. Right. So we look at Hezekiah in uh, Second Chronicles, I think, 29. And it talks about how the church was full of rubbish and how he took him in there when nobody was in the church. And he went in and he removed the rubbish. And the Lord was telling me that in COVID, he's removing the rubbish. He's removing the things that's in his house that have nothing to do with him. I'm not saying don't have your church potlucks. I'm going to be the first one in line. Please have the potluck. What I'm saying is, come on. (laughs) What I'm saying is don't let your church live and die by the potluck or the program or the, the gift cards and the, Oh, this, this month we're giving out all these things that we're doing to, to, to get people into the church. I just feel like the Lord's just been rearranging that. And it is more than just a feeling. I saw it. And I've seen the churches that rely on, and I'm, I'm not talking about just in my area, I'm talking about friends in different states, how the churches that rely on the programs and the, the fun stuff and the getting entertaining people. I like, I like, I, it's, it might be rude. Somebody told me I throw righteous shade. I like to call them the YMCA churches. <laughs> I like to call them the YMCA churches, like the churches that are all about entertaining people. I've looked over the last year and a half almost two years now, maybe. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause yeah. And those churches are either not open anymore 
or they're struggling. There's barely anybody coming, but you have the churches where, you know, they don't have the big media. They don't have the moving cameras. They don't have the laser beams and the fog machines, but they have the presence of God and they're focused on prayer and they're focused on the kingdom of God. And they're focused on winning the law, all these things in their rightful place. And God is moving. God is moving despite everything going on with COVID, despite what's going on in the economy, God is moving, man. And I just want to remind some people, as much as the Holy Spirit wants to trust you, you got to trust him and you got to trust that he's going to carry us through. You got to trust that in in turmoil, he still moves. You got to trust that in economic uh, shaking, that he's still doing something. He's not, listen, Holy Spirit isn't shaken by what's shaking the world. Jeez, that's good, man. The Holy Spirit is not shaken by what's shaking the world. So I just feel just, just real quick to just release that. Like right. some of you have been trusting in Fox News. You've been trusting in the stimulus packages and when I'm going to get my stimmy. You've been trusting in, you know, what, what's going on over here. You've been trusting in all the wrong things. I really feel strongly to just release. The Lord is saying, trust in me once more and watch how I carry you. Yes. Trust in me uh, once more and watch how I take care of you. Watch how mm-hmm. I do things for you that I'm not. You got to remember, y'all, like it's not a fair battle. Like we have the Holy Spirit. It's not a fair fight. And we have favor. We have favor. So things that shouldn't be happening right now, God can do for you, whether it's job wise, health wise, whatever, finance, whatever it is, God can do something that makes no sense on your behalf. Listen, we're in the craziest, you know, place as our, you know, our country has been in a while and I'm getting paid more of my job than I've ever been paid in my life. I literally four or five months ago, got a job over double what I was getting at the previous job, yeah. making more than I've ever made before. And I'm dumping a lot of money into the prayer ministry. Like, you know, like God's just, he's setting himself up. God's going to get glory. So I just wanted to release that. Like, trust <laughs> the Lord, trust him. Holy spirit. He leads us. He's, he's, he's smart. He's wise. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of truth. Come on. He's the comforter. He's going to take care of you. I promise you that he's going to take care of you. I just feel like, man, I'm going to, I feel like it's just a shift and I'm going to just pray for some people and then we'll get off. Uh, But I just feel like there are people watching and uh, you're, you're, you know, there's, there's a, you know, I feel like there's even a woman that's going to be watching this and you've been really struggling and with fear and you've been afraid. Uh, you've seen people in your family get COVID. Um, you've, you've seen people in your family get COVID and you're afraid. And uh, or you've seen you know, this person get sick and you're really afraid of like your future, your job. And uh, I just want to release the peace of God over you today. And I want to just assure you that the Lord says he's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. And that God is your protector. He's your source. That's just more for more for just the woman I'm talking to, but there's other people that are listening. You've been struggling with fear. You've been struggling with anxiety. You've been struggling with this. And I just want to let you know that the Lord is sees you. He's with you. He's not never, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is releasing his anointing, his power to you. The Lord says, do not be afraid. I just break the spirit of fear. Mm. I break the spirit of fear of everybody watching right now. And I release the shalom of God. I release the peace of God over you right now in your homes, wherever you are. You just receive this right now. When the enemy try to make you afraid, I break fear off of you right now. And I just prophesy. I hear the Lord saying that some of you are going to begin to receive radical breakthroughs, you know, even over the next year, even over the next six months. Just believe God because God says, trust me, trust me, trust me with your finance, trust me on your job, trust me. 
You're not gonna, you're not gonna lose your job. God says he's gonna do exceedingly abundantly more than you're able to ask or think according to the power at work within you. Mm. So God said, trust me, give me the reins, I'll take it from here. I hear the Lord saying that to some of you that are watching right now. God says, I'll take it from here. So I just release that anointing, a breakthrough. I prophesy now over people's finances, over people's lives, over their relationship. God, I thank you, Father. It's a season that's gonna mark them a breakthrough. I thank you right now. That over everybody listening, breakthrough, supernatural breakthrough, supernatural healing. I pray for a healing of your body right now. That if you're sick, I break and cancel every attack of sickness off of your life right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you. I pray the divine healing power of God over you right now. And I release right now to those I feel that want to move more in the prophetic. You want to hear the voice of God. I want to release an anointing. I pray, Father, right now you would open their ears. You would open their eyes, Father, mm. right now to the realm of the spirit, that they would see, that they would discern, that they would hear. I pray right now, I release anointing for dreams, visions, encounter with angels, supernatural experiences. God, I release it to you. Right now, even those that want to go deeper in prayer, I pray, Father, you release an anointing for prayer. You release an anointing for intercession. Father, everybody that's listening, you would mark their lives with intercession. You would mark their lives. They would not be able to leave the prayer closet. Give them extended hours in prayer. Father, mm. right now, mark them with the spirit of revival. Mark them with the power of the spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, mm. I don't have anything else, man, but I just wanted to release that over the viewers right now yes. and uh, and just let you know God's with you and God is for you. Yes. I'm going to just say this one last thing. I felt like the Lord was saying that there's some people listening, watching where, where COVID really hits you hard, like the fear, like everything he was saying. I, I heard the Lord say that he's given strength to the feeble knees and the weak knees again. And I heard mm -hmm. the Lord saying that you're going to overrun chariots and I even heard this. This was a, this was a funny one. I heard the Lord say it's your comeback season. Not, not this comeback like you're going to be walking out the fancy dress and stunting on people. But this comeback season where everything that you used to walk in and operate in, you felt like you lost it during this COVID season, all the craziness, the election. I just feel like the Lord saying he's just straightening everything out for you. And you're about to walk back out in that same power, that same fire and passion. And you're not going to you're not you're not going to have to fight to keep up or catch up. You're going to overrun the chariots like Elijah. You're going to outrun and outpace all the people that have just kind of been living life and doing their thing. God is going to put you on the fast track because he has some things he wants to do in your life and through you. But it's coming in a place of that strengthening in the secret place where he stands you back up, sets your feet on the solid foundation. I even see him just dusting, just getting yeah. dirt off of some people like and I just see it. It's weird. I see people in like this, this white suit and dress, and I just see the Lord just dusting it off. And, you know, you know, when you get dirt on a white suit, you got to throw that thing off. There's no there's no <laughs> cleaning it up. But I just see the Lord just touching it and all the dirt fading away, all the worry and the doubt just fading off. So I just release that now. I just say, Lord, just thank you for your strengthening power. Thank you for your enabling and empowering grace. And Father, I pray that you just begin to release it. Release it now over your people. Strengthen them. Strengthen their knees. Yes, Lord. I, I just feel, I feel this, man. I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm going to strengthen your knees, not just to stand, but I'm going to strengthen your knees to pray. I'm going to strengthen your knees to get before me and to minister to me and allow me to lead you into this intimate intercession, this intimate intercession where you hear what I hear, where you see what I see and you feel what I feel. One of the greatest things that you need for intercession is the heartbeat of God and to feel what he feels. And I just feel like the Lord's doing that. He's doing that now. He's taking people deeper 
deeper into his heart. Don't be surprised. I, I feel like the Lord is saying that he's opening the tear ducts again. You've grown hardened. You've grown burdened. You've just let the, the weight of the world and everything you've been going through has blockaded you off to feeling the emotions of heaven. And I feel like the Lord is opening those up. He's uncapping the wells and that he's going to allow a streaming and a flowing to come through you in the physical because he's doing it in the spiritual and that your tears are going to be a physical representation of the rivers of living water that's birthing up in you so i just release that now in jesus name man my god if you have anything else bro let let me know man do your thing if you're yeah, good man. you're good but whatever you feel yeah i just thank i just thank you right now lord I, I thank you that you're releasing breakthrough lord right now and i thank you father that every attack against the people of god right now will be broken Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, depression, broken right now. The people that struggle with depression that will watch this, I break it off of you right now. Every spirit of heaviness, I break it off of you right now. I break depression right now. Just receive your deliverance. I break, Lord, right now, fear, trauma off of you. You go in Jesus. I pray right now, the authority of Jesus, that you would be delivered. And I pray, Father, right now, God, Lord, that this season, God says he's going to mark this season with his presence. Yes. Pick up a people of his presence and that you are called to, to be in that army. A, a people of the presence is what he's looking for. And God says that as you are drawn on here for a reason, that he's marked you for a season, for a time since it exists. Hmm. But God has even anointed intercessor for this on this call. But intercessors are being called into the battle right now. God said, I am looking for intercessors. I'm looking for you. Many of you have been feeling that burden to pray more than ever. And God said, yes, I'm calling you to war. I'm calling you to travail. I'm calling you to intercede. Yes, I will wake you up in the middle of the night. God said, I'm looking for those that I can mm. trust with assignments. I see prayer mantles falling in the spirit. Yeah. I see mantles prayer of old. God said, I'm releasing them to my children that are hungry and desire to change. God said, you will change nations through prayer. God said, I'm to change nations through prayer. God said, yes, even those that are not Bible offices, you too can change nations through prayer. You too can have a global impact through your prayer life. You too can impact your job through prayer. God wants to put people on your spirit to pray for. Mm. God wants to put your city on your heart. Wherever you are watching, God wants to give you a heart for your city right now. And so I just pray right now, the anointing of intercession will be released to everybody listening in Jesus' name. That's Jeez. all, man. I <laughs> Woo, bro, this was, this was a fun night, man. It was, man. We all, we all, we did more than an hour. We all we've been over about two. Yeah, we we've been <laughs> in here for we've been in here for a minute, man. Well, bro, <laughs> man, I love your heart. I love your passion. Thank you for uh for joining tonight, bro. It was an honor, a pre uh, a pleasure, a privilege to have you. Um, let, is there anywhere people can find you if they need to if they want to follow you? Just follow me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, Jordan Wells. And I, my our website is joel2.org. Uh, my website is joel2.org. You can go on there and find me. Uh, I have all my prophetic words and everything I release prophetically is on Joel2, uh, on joel2.org. Like I said, Facebook, I'm always updating. I always have released words of the Lord for what God has shown me for the nation, prayer assignments. And then I also on Instagram as well. So any of those will be good to find me. Yes. So listen, make sure y'all give them a follow. Um, let let 
let your hearts be blessed and let your spirit man be awoken, awoken, awaken. I don't know how you say it. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, this was episode 20 of, of the Pardon Heart podcast. So this was a great way to bring it episode 20. Um, man, I'm believing it, man. I'm believing God is raising up a people for revival, bro, for intercession and, and to declare the word of the Lord to the nation. So I believe that God did a work tonight. He's going to continue to do a work. So again, man, I love you, bro. I honor you. I bless you. And I pray this blessed everybody. And uh, we will see y'all next week for episode 21. It's going to be good. Peace.